You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum. Hey kids, welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Weinbaum, and today I will be picking fights with James Lynch of Score MMA. Uh, If you are on the Periscope, feel free to chime in and help us pick fights. If you're on YouTube, feel free to hit subscribe. And if you are getting a sneak peek on the Rockfin, thanks for endorsing me. James, what's happening, man? Nothing much, man. I am so happy to be here, Aaron. You're, I'm a, like, like I've said many times, I'm a huge fan of your work with the, the Twitter account and everything else. Uh, it's so awesome to be here. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, super excited to have you as well. I'm a fan of your work. I got to Hop in a little bit on your live stream from time to time, which is a lot of fun. Uh, I love how you try to answer all your fans' questions. But I uh, do my best. We, we only have you, yeah. Usually on the Monday show, it's tough. We got about like thirty minutes left or fifteen minutes sometimes. But uh, that's why I like doing the Q and A once a week. So if people miss the questions, then we can get there. Because I'm, I'm Canadian, you know. I got to live up to this standard of being like you know polite and like you know you know very um what's the word kind of like uh you know open and like easy to talk to. I yeah. guess. So that's a, so that's a Canada thing, not an America thing, right? I I'd probably yeah no, not to, not to not to rep not to not to ruin your rep or anything. Well, usually you know it's it's a it's primarily it's a fight pick podcast, but I got some questions here for you because you're one of the few reporters out there that get paid to cover MMA. I mean that's your job. I mean that's your that's your sole job. How do, how did that even come about? Oh man, we could go way back here. Uh, I mean, really, to kind of give the Coles Notes version without this turning into like an A and E documentary from the '90s or something like that. Uh, basically, I've been a fan of MMA since probably t- probably the first season of The Ultimate Fighter. That's sort of what got me into the sport, and I was a fan. And and you know, at the time, I was going to school, and I, I always wanted to be a, a hockey broadcaster. That was the that was the goal. How Canadian of me, right? Right. Like to kind of you know want to get into to covering hockey for a living. And then somewhere along the way, I kind of just decided that I wanted to really start covering. MMA and uh, I was freelancing. Um, I mean, well, first I should say I worked at the Fight Network in Toronto, which uh, used to be a 24 hour channel that covered all combat sports. Now it's kind of just been like covering wrestling and all this other stuff. But that's that's a story for another day. Uh, back when I worked there, we were covering everything. So it's like my fandom of being, you know, an MMA fan really rose even even higher when I worked there. I worked there for about three or four years. Um, got to really cover a lot of cool events and things like that. And then um, basically in my day job, I, I left that and. Uh, uh, ended up, you know, working in, in digital media and was just freelancing on the side for MMA. And I would still, you know, still involved in MMA. So I was doing, you know, writing and did a podcast and things like that. And then basically fast forward to uh, basically August of 2017, or I think it was around October, actually, um, I became a dad and I couldn't do both. I was I was working a full time job, but I was also part time, uh, you know, doing my video interviews and things like that and just freelancing basically on the side for MMA Oddsbreaker and Flow Combat. And then uh, when I decided, I was like, I can't do both. And I'm like, I can't see myself just working a nine to five. I got to figure out a way that I can cover MMA full time. So I just, you know, talked to a couple websites and ended up just working for about five different websites. And then I freelanced and, you know, some websites came and went, like I worked for Fansided and then I worked for SureDog. And, you know, it's sort of just, I was basically just doing this unconventional way of making a living, which was rather than working for one outlet and doing that full time, I was doing it for five or six different websites. And then, uh, and then, along came the score earlier this year and 
they came to me with an offer I couldn't refuse, as I say in The Godfather, and yeah. uh, and and I took it. And and one of the big things is just them really, uh, you know, buying into a lot of what I'm already doing, which is the video interviews and and you know a lot of video content, and then also you know covering events and you know and all that. So I'm really lucky, like I am, like to cover this sport full time and to get paid to to go to events and yeah. to travel and all that is very rare. So I'm super like humbled and blessed to be in this position, but it, it comes with a lot of time and, and preparation and hard work. I'm sure like it's much easier to report to one person than, you know, all the various things you were trying to do to cover the sport. It, it is, it is, and it isn't like, um, I, well, I shouldn't say it isn't, it, it is easier to work for one outlet, especially when I do these podcasts. Like I don't have to say I work for, you know, such and such and you don't want to leave one of them right. out or whatever, but, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, for me, it's easier to manage stuff, especially financially. Like I would have to, I used to have like an Excel sheet where I'd have to keep track of like my monthly income and like make wow. sure I'm actually making enough and, you know, doing all the taxes for it. And now I don't have to worry about any of that. It's all, it's all in one spot and it, it definitely makes things a, a lot easier. But uh, as far as my day to day, like it's about the same, like both were busy. But I mean, this job's keeping me busy too, but in a good way, you know, I'm learning a lot and really doing a lot of different stuff now. It's been great. Yeah. So you made me feel old the other day and, and by no intention whatsoever of yours, you were, uh, you know, on your podcast, someone asked me a similar question and you said, really, you got into it after watching tough one, uh, the Forrest yeah. Griffin, uh, you know, Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner season. And so I'm like, what? <laughs> Cause that wasn't very long ago to me. And I, you know, I would think I was yeah. in my thirties at the time and when I think back to when I started watching uh, the UFC, it was my buddies uh, saying, hey, let's go rent UFC 1 at Blockbuster, you know, back in the 90s. So I, yeah. it, it's just crazy how how long, you know, how far along the sport has come. And, you know, when I first started watching it, there weren't just true, they weren't true mixed martial artists. They were one discipline. And now you have kids, you know, that grew up like Rory McDonald that trained for, you know, from the beginning of time, all aspects of mixed martial arts. So that's just crazy. And, and I'm so glad, you know, there's some new blood coming with the evolution of the sport like yourself. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be part of that new blood. It's funny because back then we were called tough noobs, right? Like yeah. that was the whole saying about like how, oh, you don't know much about anything. Yeah. And to be honest, I think the reason I missed sort of that initial wave of the UFC, the renting the VHS tapes, because that was certainly my generation. I used to go to the video store all the time. Um, I was a big pro wrestling fan like when I was younger. So I think that sort of eclipsed any sort of interest in the UFC. And actually it was that sort of pro wrestling, the, some of the aspects of pro wrestling I like, sort of the yeah. storylines, was what got me interested in the Ultimate Fighter because I literally remember sitting in college at a, it was, I was in a house with a couple other guys. We were living, uh, you know, close to campus, and the Ultimate Fighter came on, and it was the episode, if you remember, where Chris Liebman knocked down the door yeah. when he was at, with, with Forrest Griffin that that night when they sprayed water on him, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I started watching, and I got really invested in like, you know, some of the the characters on the show, the fighters, and everything. And then I started watching the fights, and I was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And then that just led to me like watching Pride and watching eventually Dream and and you know the UFC, and then it just it from there it was it was every event I was watching, and it just and it was back, you know, back in the time, like I'm sure you can remember this when, yeah. remember you had a month to look forward to a UFC yes. event. Now it's so yeah. tough to keep up with everything. Yeah, it was crazy. And, and, you know, then the Fox deal happened. Well, before that, I guess it was the Spike TV deal. And, you know, yeah. they had a few fight nights sprinkled here and there. But now it's like every week, um, which is crazy. You know, and I think back to all this stuff, like when you mentioned pro wrestling, I guess what got me interested uh you know, like your guys' side of it and, you know, the behind the scenes, I guess the underground, if you will, I, mm -hmm. I, in college, somehow I stumbled upon these wrestling websites that would report like the backstage stuff, you know, like would totally, yeah. because I grew up thinking it was real, you know, like a hundred percent and it, it, you, you couldn't, you couldn't break character. You couldn't do any of that stuff you do now, you know, and you know, then there's a uh, behind the scenes stuff. Then there's the things they try to swerve you behind the scenes stuff. And I haven't really watched it in years, but 
You know, it's funny how all of this ties together. And now that these fighters, you know, Chael did it first, Connor, you know, Ally Quinta does it without even realizing it. You know, they sprinkle all these elements, uh, you know, of that entertainment era into it. You know, Ally Quinta on TV going, boo me, F you. He doesn't even mean it, probably. I mean, he's he's just speaking yeah. from his heart. But, you know, it, it's all that stuff now that's becoming part of MMA. It's so crazy too how like the landscape has changed just even from a media perspective. And you brought up Chael Sonnen. You know, I remember so uh, in Canada, the Fight Network used to air Bodog Fight. Yeah. And I remember one of my jobs when I started, I was an, I was a video editor. We'd have to edit a lot of the like you know the longer like cards and put it into like a three hour block. And I remember Chael did a promo. And he was talking about jujitsu. It's, it's got to be somewhere on YouTube. But yeah. there, there was a thing where he's talking about jujitsu and he's like, I don't like doing jujitsu. He's like, I'm a Republican. I'm not going to go on the <laughs> ground and try and wrestle with these guys. And I remember then thinking like, wow, that was a really good promo. Like, yeah. how come this guy isn't more popular? And then literally, like, I think it was during that time as well. Like, Chell had just, he had the, he was at the, um, it was the Q&A. And right. I was there actually live for that. That was the UFC 115 Q&A. And that's where Chell Sonnen came out of his shell. And that was the, the comment with the Noguera brothers. You know, it's, it's like, you know, <laughs> you can get a black belt in the happy. Email, um, th- those types of comments and that's where it exploded and I remember like I remember that moment being like wow we've actually like I'm interested in this because if you remember when the Silva fight was announced yeah people are like it, they, they, they weren't that compelled by it but by the time you got to that fight Chael really made you believe that he could win the fight and, and obviously the way that played out he nearly did it <laughs> was did. so crazy so it's so cool to just see the evolution of things like that um you know just you know now and as you know as a media member but back then more so a fan yeah and that really is where it turned the corner. And it, I mean, he on that mic, you know, he even had you believe in he didn't watch wrestling at the time, you know, now he fully admits it. But like the way he did that mic work was just genius, you know, yeah. and ahead of his time and Connor and those guys built from, I don't know what Dave McGrath's problem is, but he just, uh, put on the periscope here. They didn't have wrestling when Weinbaum was a kid. Not cool, man. <laughs> Not cool. Uh, all right. So now like me, well, not much like me cause I don't do the traveling and whatnot, but you do everything yourself, like all the production, all the video, all the sound and, and things happen in real time. And, you know, it's happened with me where somehow I don't hit record or somehow the video is terrible, but how do you do all that? Like, what's the logistics? How do you have a camera going, you know, while you're interviewing these guys on the road? It's so it, it's just something I'm used to. I've I've always sort of had to do it on my own, and I think that that's what that that to be honest, that's what got me sort of my jobs. Right. Like when I was freelancing, was that you know I was doing video interviews. Like back when I first started doing video interviews, there was two people doing video interviews like how I do them now. It was Frank Trigg, who's doing them for MMA Oddsbreaker, and right. Karen Bryant. She's done them forever. You know, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Karen Bryant, but I will give her credit that she did start the the video, the Skype calls, and all that, and sort of start it. Um, you know, early on. So for me, I knew that like I always knew I wanted to be on camera. That was always something that I wanted to do. And everyone was doing podcasts at the time, just strictly audio podcasts. And I knew that if I wanted to combine what it is I wanted to do and then also get like, you know, on camera, I'd have to start doing video interviews. So I did thousands of interviews. I'm not even exaggerating that. Like if you go back and look on my YouTube channel from like the first interview I did, which I think was like. I mean, one of the early ones was Misha Serkinov, and it was even before he was in the UFC. So it's like you go all the way back then to like where I am now. It's it's just something I was always used to, and I liked being in control of the content as well. If if you know, I could edit things how I want. Like I never really like 
edit it in a right. certain way. But like, let's say I said something where I screwed up. At least right. I can take that part out. I don't have like a producer doing that. Um, you know, there's things like that. And just I, I my background uh, in school and everything was, um, you know, television broadcasting. So I, I knew how to edit. I knew how to I knew I was familiar with video formats and all that stuff. So as far as like my interviews that I do at home, that was sort of something it was sort of an evolution. I learned sort of what worked, what didn't. And now I have my own system and uh, th that I use. And I, I think it works great. It Definitely, there's there's times when I've lost interviews right. or I've had tech problems. That happens to everyone. So so I sort of honed that in. And then as far as on the road, um, you know, that was just uh, I, I just like I had an old Canon, uh, you know, what is one of those old Canon cameras, uh, one of the nice ones, the DSLR ones. Right. And I just shot video on there. And then it, it, that that kind of led to me like figuring out, okay, how do I want these videos to look? And at the time, like I didn't have a great laptop. It was just mm -hmm. it literally like if you look back to like some of my earlier stuff, you can see the video quality is not as great as it is now. Right. But it just I had to learn. I basically just every single time I was doing something, I like at an event or something, I would look back and say, how can I improve this? And now the system I have now, it works. Mm -hmm. It's not ideal. I mean, I'd love to be MMA junkie and have a camera guy and not have to worry <laughs> about tech yeah. stuff when I'm trying to interview fighters. But, you know, there's a lot of us out there that have to do sort of the one man show thing. And I think I'm just used to it now. And I'm fine with it. Like, you know, it's a lot of work, but but I enjoy it. So it's like, you know, there's nothing better than, you know, making something that's completely your, completely your own and not, uh, you know, someone else that, that's working on it as well. Well, so it's it's been it's been it's been a lot of fun. Now, I don't know if you can see my mic flag or not, but it literally it says the one man show network, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, I and you know what? I think that makes you more valuable in this industry. Like, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of people who can write and that's great. And, you yeah. know, there's a lot of opportunities for writers, but we're seeing a lot of people getting into video now. And, um, you know, it's great. And I think that's where the future's headed in terms of uh, what people want to consume. A lot of my interviews are really short. I think that's a good model. So yeah. one of the things I've had to do with the score and it kind of just talks a little bit on this exact topic is, you know, I'm doing a lot more writing. I'm transcribing a lot more of my interviews. I hated transcribing before, but the issue is now like the, the reason you got to transcribe is so all the other sites will pick up your interviews and it gets more popular. And that's something I've been doing more of. And I sort of see the value in that now, but I see people doing video interviews and they get like five views and it's like, it's cause you're not promoting it properly. You have to like mm -hmm. actually get like some, you know, some quotes out of there, push that a bit, you know, cause you can get good guests. It's pretty easy to get a hold of fighters for, for the most part. Yeah. Um, but it's a matter of getting that content where everyone's seeing it and making it to Reddit or making it to, you know, some of the sites that are aggregating it. That's the goal. If you're an interviewer, that's what you should be looking toward to doing. Yeah. I, I definitely do better on it, you know, honestly with the interviews than I do going solo because, you know, you have that and, and like you said, you can transcribe and all that, but you have the power of the person you're interviewing as well, you know, and mm -hmm. you know, the people that want to see them, not as many people just want to see me, you know, this is kind of a hobby for me, but, uh, I enjoy it. And, and, uh, you know, and I'm glad to see you. I mean, you obviously enjoy your work and, and I think that, that, you know, that really projects when you do interviews or even when you're answering questions on YouTube. I mean, I, I think that kind of stuff's fun too. I love the rapid fire type question thing, you know? Yeah, it's I, I enjoy it. That was one of the things when I came onto the score. I said I still want to do a podcast because I, I had an old podcast I was doing with Adam Martin, and um, you know, unfortunately, taking this job, I I'm the only person who basically works in the MMA department at the score. So awesome. I'm I'm on my own. Um, that's why I get the guest co-hosts on every week. You know, I had uh, Dave Dave McGrath uh, on on this morning, oh, which babe. he did a, a great job uh, breaking yep. down the card and everything, and, and previewing the the San Antonio card. Um, so for me, it's um, yeah, it's it's kind of this is all sort of new and and everything like that. But I'm always going to give back. I mean, I I think. 
one of the worst pieces of advice that I see out there is that people say, oh, you know, don't waste your time helping people. Yeah. I think it's important because I do think that stuff does come back to you and you want to be approachable and you want to be accessible. And yeah, I, I honestly, Aaron, like I tell you this, like sincerely, like I am so lucky to be doing this. And I realize that I have worked very hard and, you know, put in a lot of time and, and hours and stuff. But there are days when I wake up and I'm like, I can't believe I get paid to talk to MMA fighters. Like yeah. if you want to be a fan of this sport, there's nothing more. You can't be a bigger fan than being on the front lines. And that, that's what I get to do every day. It's so awesome. That is awesome. And, you know, I, and hats off to anyone that does what they love, you know, and, and can just wake up with a smile on their face, knowing, you know, all their hard work paid off. And uh, there you are living the dream, right? Absolutely, man. It's 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 been great. It's it's so unconventional. There's no blueprint on how to succeed in this industry. Like Ariel Hawani's trajectory is completely yeah. different than anyone else's that they've done. Um, but but one of the things you see that's common with a lot of these like top end broadcasters and you know the top journalists in the industry is they played the long game. I preach this so much. You know, there's so many people that are like, how can I get to be MMA full time? And I ask yeah. them, I was like, oh, well, how long have you been covering the sport? They're like, oh, I just started a year ago. I'm like, you're not even close. Yeah. You got to do those reps. You know, Ariel, to his credit. He started, I remember, I remember when Ariel wasn't even a thing. I remember yeah. when I first started watching the sport, it was all about sure dog, the yep. beat down, you know, with Josh Gross, TJ DeSantis. That was the show. There was no MMA hour back then. But what Ariel did was he did the video interviews early on, starting with MMA rated. Yeah. And then that went to MMA. I think it was AOL fan house and then MMA fighting. Yeah. I think it was, it was all these like evolutions, but people forget that Ariel's been doing this for like 15 years. Like, like, and Luke Thomas, same thing. Like say what you want about either of those guys, they played the long game and that's why they're at where they're at now at the top. The people who, you know, try and look for shortcuts, you're not going to succeed. You have to build relationships, not just with the fighters and, you know, really having a good like Rolodex of contacts, but you also have, um, like, like get better, prove, and you have to, you know, I, I think, I think that's sort of the biggest advice I can give is that like, if you're not getting better, if you can't look back on your, your year worth of work and you can't cite anything, then, then you're, you're not going to get ahead. No, not at all. And I remember the first time I saw Ariel, like I, it was UFC 100, um, I was looking just for stuff on the, because it was so intriguing. You know, that's when Brock Lesnar goes, I'm going to, you know, drink Coors Light, not Bud Light, and, you know, made some crude comment about his wife. And I was, so I'm just looking for stuff on the internet, like, what, did he get in trouble for this? What's going on? Then all of a sudden I see this guy in some goofy shoes interviewing, I think, I can't remember who he even interviewed at the time, and he totally had the backstage scoop. I saw this camera I'd never seen before, didn't say UFC, you know, it, and there it was. It was Ariel Hawani. It was the first time I saw Ariel Hawani, you know, getting that interview, like, that nobody else was going to get. And uh, there it was. Yeah, I was hooked. I was hooked. All no, right. absolutely. And it's and, and and it's and it's very cool to just see like like I said the evolution like to get on ESPN. I mean that's that's huge. I mean yeah. the fact that this is now somewhat mainstream being on a major network. I think it just goes to show the growth of not just the the sport in general, but just the media as well. Seeing all these new opportunities, it's it's a really cool time right now in the in the industry uh, just to see some of the movement. All right, man. Well, speaking of ESPN. We have a card this week, San Antonio, on the big ESPN, not the streaming ESPN. By the way, that's a, that's a good question, too. How do you feel about the streaming-type platform versus, you know, traditional television? Well, I tell this to people all the time in Canada, it doesn't affect us at all. We don't yeah. we don't have ESPN+. Plus, oh. um, so everything airs on TSN, and then what doesn't is on Fight Pass. Um, so like we, like fight pass is just like, nothing's changed for us with the CSPN deal. If anything, it's just, you know, sort of been the usual, but let's pretend I am American and yeah. I'm getting everything through the streaming app. Like I like the streaming stuff. I wish they would do it more where like you, if you paid for like the year, you get like a, you know, discounted, like, you know, whether it's on pay-per-views right. or whatever, I think they should do more of that. But I, I don't mind it because that's where everything's headed towards DAZN, Netflix, you name it. Everything's an app now. It's not, you know, it's not your TV station. So, um, I, I think it's good, but I think the UFC trying to monopolize the paper 
pay-per-views, that's pro- like, I don't know what the pay-per-views like, like if you go to a bar in the States, how are they getting affected with this? You know, the fact that they have to do it through ESPN plus, I have no idea, but I would imagine that's for the old school people, the people who are like, you know, my dad's age, like it's probably difficult to order a pay-per-view if you're in the States. Cause it's, it's, yeah. you have to go, you have to get the app and that's not, not everyone's as tech savvy as you think. Well, my issue with it is I kind of live in, you know, kind of out in the country. I got the best internet I, I can I can get, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's the bandwidth ain't, is not great. So, you know, the, my streams break sometimes, sometimes it doesn't play at all, depending on, you know, very, very various aspects, you know, it could be the weather or it could be, there could be an outage and then I'm done. I, I have no way to watch it. I don't have phone signal where I live. You know, I, I rely all internet, <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I, I hear you on that. Yeah. It's, it's tough to like, like that's, but th- th- they have to factor those people in, like as far as, you know, everything else, like it's, they, they can't just assume that everyone lives in a big city. Well, I, and they don't, I, I just, I just have to say, I don't think they care, you know, with, with, with this model, you know, and with this ESPN deal and that's sad, but it, I mean, it is what it is. All right. Yeah. I said, we pick some fights. What are you thinking? Let's do it. You let's do it. Whatever you want to talk about, man, I'm game. All right, man. I think I want to pick the first fight here way down at the bottom of the card. I think it's intriguing because, um, uh, somebody just. T- typed move. I don't know what that means. Do I need to duck or what? I don't know what that means. All right. Anyway, uh, first up, Ray Borg. Uh, let's see here. Returning. Golly, when was the last time he even fought? It's been a long Casey time. Casey Kenny lost a controversial decision at Bantamweight and he missed weight for that fight. You remember? At Bantamweight and he had trouble missing weight for uh, for flyweight. Yep, there it is. Casey Kenny back in March. All right. Um, and then I think he didn't show up to a fight recently. Because he was ill, if I am he's uh, it was I think it was the fight before that that he was ill. Uh, it was the um, what fight was that? Was that in November? I think it was. He was supposed to fight. He was supposed to fight Benavides before that, and then he had medical issues. So it's a, it's been a rough year for Ray Borg. Well, but, uh, in that, and I know he's had a sick child, and and that's got to be very tough to deal with. So I yeah. mean, you know, I hope he makes it back. I, I I hope he makes it back healthy. And you know, win or lose, I just I want to see a, a good fight with a healthy Ray Borg. And uh, you know, because what he's had to go through as a human being, I, I can't imagine. You know, all the multiple surgeries his child has had and everything else. You know, having having a million kids myself. But but like you said, <laughs> his last two fights, uh, he loses, of course, to the former champ uh, Demetrius Johnson, Casey Kenny, and, and then you have. Uh, Gabriel here, who I've not heard of before today, and of course my screen is frozen up. Gabriel <laughs> Silva, uh, he looks kind of like a killer here. Yeah, it's it's an interesting matchup. I, the first first and foremost, and I said this on on my podcast this morning, the Score and MMA podcast. Um, you know, Ray has to make weight. I mean, that's the biggest thing here. That re- this really is the biggest story. If Ray makes yeah. weight, this to me is a mismatch. Ray has a lot more experience. He has good wins when he's on his game and he's like 100. percent He he wins fights. I think the cut probably messed him up against Kenny, and that's a fight realistically he should have won. Um, I don't know. The judges gave it to Casey Kenny instead, but uh, Ray Bork should win this fight. You just look at the experience here. I mean, he's got 15 career fights. Gabriel Silva's only got seven. Silva's fought some tough guys. He's a Team Nogueira uh, fighter. He fought in LFA. I remember him getting that win over Jake Heffernan, and Heffernan was undefeated. Uh, so that was a huge win for him uh, as far as that goes. But I think Borg's going to overwhelm him. The only way Ray Borg loses this fight is if somehow he himself uh, you know, either can't make weight or he just has a bad performance. But I remember him saying on Twitter that if he misses weight again, that he's going to retire. So yeah. the lot's on the line here for Ray. So I think the biggest, the, the biggest fight for him this weekend is just making the weight. And I think he will. And I think it'll look good here. He'll He'll bounce back, I think, on Saturday. All right, I, I'm going to go with the upset here. Listen, I like I like Ray Borg. I you know I I think his strength of schedule is obviously 
uh, speaks more volumes than Gabriel's. But you know, I'm just gonna have to side with what's been happening here with the with the wake up problems and. You know, if he makes the weight, who knows if he's going to do it healthily? You know, look at look what happened to Aspen Ladd this weekend. Crazy yeah. also. So, sure. you know, I'm going to go with the upset, you know, because I think we're going to agree most of the time. And I got to at least disagree with you once or twice here. And we, uh, we got to talk some smack after the fact, right? Yeah. Like if, if Silva wins, like I expect some tweets headed in my direction oh. saying, what were you thinking, Lynch? You know, all these things. It's important. So. Uh, you know, I can do that. I can do that for yeah. sure. Uh, next up, Roxanne Modafari against, uh, I don't know why. Oh, Jennifer Maya. What are That's you right. thinking? Uh, this is a rematch, actually, and Modafferi, uh, if you remember, uh, was supposed to fight uh, Liz Carmouche, but they pulled Carmouche from that fight uh, to fight Valentina. So uh, Modafferi getting this rematch here. Uh, you know, I was surprised. I talked about this this morning that, uh, you know, Modafferi is actually the underdog right now. She's plus 110. I was looking at the odds here. I thought she looked good. She got a good win over Antonina Shevchenko, who hadn't lost before. Lost the fight before that against Sajara Eubanks, but Eubanks really talented. I just think Monteferi's turned a corner here uh, in that last fight. I think her confidence is riding high, and I honestly, she's been a lot more active than Maya as well. So I think Monteferi's gonna gonna pull this off as the underdog. I think she gets a decision here and keeps the momentum going. Yeah, when you see that loss against Sierra Eubanks, you know, let's not forget she missed weight. I I don't like that. You know, I, I don't like that when it, when it counts as a loss like that, and, and it's weighted. You know, on somebody's career, I don't know. I don't know what her, what what state she was in. You know, I don't know how hard she tried to make that last two pounds. But here you go; it happens all the time. Um, but you know, it, at the same time here, you know, Jennifer Maya, you know, she hasn't been fighting slouches. You know, she just beat Alexis Davis. She did lose to Liz Kamarush, but you know, a lot of people do that. And like I said, she owns that win over Roxanne already, be it a split decision. You know, back in my neck of the woods, mm-hmm. Kansas City, I believe that was Invicta. Ooh. I don't know, man. But like you said, you know, I mean, look at Roxanne. I mean, everyone counted her out like she was done. Her career was over. But, you know, I I, I heard you guys talking. I tried not to listen too much at your picks this morning. But, you know, beating, you know, Antonia Shevchenko, big de- it's a big deal. You know? It is, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's hard for me to think that Roxanne's just not getting better and better. And I think she's going to win this fight also. There you go. We agree on something. Yeah, go. we got to get one on. We got to get one on here that we agree on. So. We do. All right, uh, friend of the podcast, smiling Sam Alvey going against Klitson Abreu. I guess I've not really yeah. heard of him before now. Uh, man, you know Sam's kind of had a rough way to go. Uh, that last fight stopped early. I, uh, that's the first time I saw Sam not smile. Uh, but you <laughs> know he he reeled it in pretty quick. What, what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking that uh, Abreu is probably not, not going to knock this guy out. A lot of his wins have come by submission. Um, I don't think he has, at least not recently, he doesn't have any knockout victory. So Alvi's sort of okay in that sense. Um, Alvi, the, the thing with Alvi is like, you know, he's, this seems like the type of fight that he should win. Like he could come back and, and do quite well at because he is being counted out. He's fighting another prospect here. Um, you know, Abreu had a, had a tough outing against uh, Magomed Ankalaev in his debut. But that guy was 10-1. and one, Like, I mean, no shame in losing to a, to a, hot, a fellow prospect yeah. like that. I think Abreu is going to pull this one off. He's younger, you know. He's probably a bit more hungry here. He's he's got he's he's got, he's got to get a win here. I mean, if he loses this, he might be he might get cut. Alvi, um, you know, he he's lost his last two fights. He's been stopped. So you know, where is he right now? What type of fighter are we going to get? Are we going to get the guy who beat John Volante, or are we going to get the guy who lost a little nog in a fight he shouldn't have lost? So right. I, I mean, we'll see. I I I do lean towards Abreu, but if you guys are betting this fight, I would take I would take Alvi as the with that underdog money because he's he's just a guy you can never count out, yeah. but. I, I got to take, I, I think the UFC's trying to build up a Brayu a bit here. That's why they're doing the matchup. 
Yeah, I, I, I do too. And I, I don't know how good Alvy's submission defense is, honestly. Um, but, you know, this guy's a submission machine. You know, last, you're right. His last TKO win was back in 2016. You know, he had two in a row yeah. back then. But, yeah. Has a win over Johnny Walker, too, this Abreu guy. That, that's one. Now, granted, that was back in 2015, but that still looks good on the resume. Yeah, it does. It's hard for me. Listen, I'm rooting for Sam, but it's hard for me to think yeah. that uh, Abreu doesn't have this one. So. Yeah, I think I think the younger guy uh, takes this one. Yeah, me too, me too. All right, next up, oh, hang on here. See, this is what happens. People don't understand how hard this is live, you know, the, the flow <laughs> and everything else. They don't get it. And, you know, I cursed myself by making internet cracks, but here we go. All right. Ooh, I like this one. Raquel Pennington. And now I lost it. Oh, gosh darn it. Who's Raquel going up against? Help me out real quick. Irene Aldana. Yes. And actually, it's interesting I, that I noticed the odds have Aldana as the favorite here at minus 150, Pennington the underdog plus 130, which I find is a little surprising. I realize Pennington's coming off two straight losses, yeah. but she lost to Nunez and Drain to Randomy, who just won last weekend. Like Those are two of the best in the division. I don't know here about Aldana being the favorite. That's that's a little surprising to me, even though she's on a three-fight win streak. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to agree with you again, but I mean, I think you're right. Um she's lost to the killers of the sport, you know, and let's not forget, she's got a win over Misha Tate, you know, yeah. and that's a big deal. Best Korea, you know, Jessica Andrade, you know, I know it's in a different weight class that, that she's fighting in now, but, uh, you know, I think she's a killer here and, uh, yeah, come on. How, how are you going to pick against her? Especially at plus money, like Pennington, the big question with Pennington, I think at this point in her career, and you know, we, we still don't know the verdict, but she is only 30, but you know, she's had some injuries. Um, she's had some, you know, some tough losses that loss to Nunez was, was brutal. Like she got really battered in that one. You know, is she going to be the same fighter that, that beat Misha Tate? We don't know at this point. We'll find out. This is a perfect test for her. This is a fight she should win, but you know, again, how much wear and tear can, can someone take? She doesn't have too many. She has, what, 16 career fights? Yeah. So we'll find out. But, um, yeah, I, I think Pennington will pull this off. I've just been more impressed with her than, than Aldana, to be honest. You, you did make a good point, though. Like, how battered was she? You know, how much damage she take against Amanda Nunez? Will she be the same after that? You know, and that was that weird, uh, you know, where her coaches just kind of threw her in there. And I don't know. I, you know, I'm split on that. I'm not, I'm not saying they were right or wrong or whatever, but you know, we'll see how she bounces back from that. And who yeah. is not, who is Amanda Nunez not just absolutely beating the brakes off of lately. I mean, wow. Other than Valentina, that's the only one. Yep. And I, you know, that that's the, she's the only fighter that's, that's gone the distance with her. That second fight. I mean, Valentina arguably mm-hmm. won that. So that's she's, but look, look how good she is too. She just head kicked, you know, uh, Jessica eyes head out of the United yeah. center. Right. So, yeah. I mean, and then, and then look at Amanda head kicking Holly Holm. I mean, that was crazy too. Yeah. So, all right, next up, uh, ooh, I like he's one of my favorite characters here. I mean, you don't hear a lot out of him this these days, but Bruce Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres against Steven Peterson. Um, you know, it's no secret Dana White likes this kid. I think that's that's, that's why he's been around. I mean, you know, you grapple against Carl Gracie. Uh, he, he, <laughs> I mean, that was just a total mismatch, I guess. And, and I really thought he could keep it together with maybe putting a little distance between them, you know, with some punches and kicks. But no, I mean, Gracie just closed that distance. Before that, he wins over Martin Bravo, loses to Wang Guan. Yeah, he just kind of alternates wins and losses. And then you got Peterson here, um, lost against uh, Violent Bob Ross here. Of course, another one of those deals where somebody missed weight. Meets, beats, map, you know, same deal. Wins and losses, totally alternating here. What are you thinking? 
this is such a coin flip because it's really like who is the who's the better fight? I mean, it's I mean that's the point of every fight, I guess. But yeah. this is just such a close fight because you know Caceres's last two wins, last three, actually last four wins are against guys that aren't even in the UFC anymore. <laughs> you mentioned Bravo, you mentioned Die, you mentioned Cole Cole Miller. He had oh, another one against. Um, you know, and he's losing the guys like like Jason Knight, who he shouldn't be losing to. Yair Rodriguez, fair enough. A lot of guys lose to Yair, yeah. and that was a split, by the way, too. Um, yeah, it's tough. Uh, and then you got Steven Peterson, who same thing. His only UFC win is against a guy in Matt Bissett. Who's not in the UFC anymore? Uh, he, he he's the thing with Peterson. He's a, he's a Fortis MMA guy. Those guys train like killers. This is in San Antonio. He'll have the hometown crowd in his side. Uh, that fight against Pena, he was just undersized. I mean, Pena, uh, Peterson used to fight at bantamweight, yeah. and he's fighting Luis Pena, who could almost be a welterweight. So I don't I don't fault him for that. I just look at experience here, and I think that Caceres, because he's fought you know more well seasoned guys, I think he's going to get the win here. But this this to me reads split decision all over it. You know, this will be one of those fights. Peterson's tough to put away. Yeah. He's not going to get finished. Casera, same thing. I think you're going to see sort of one of those splits. And, you know, it, it, to be honest, the judges could go Peterson's way, but I think Caceres will do enough to get it done here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him by split decision. Yeah, I think Caceres got embarrassed his last fight. He's going to come back a bit more um, motivated, I would think. And uh, I think he's going to eke it out as well. I don't, I don't think he'll finish it either, but... You never know. Uh, next up, this one's kind of a under the radar good fight here. Andre Avlosky against uh, Ben Rothwell. You know Andre, man. He just sticks around. He's with American Top Team now. Is that correct? He is. Yeah, yeah. He's training with all those guys like JDS, and yeah. uh, I think for, there's a whole bunch of guys there. It's great. Yeah, it is great. I mean, you know, talk about Coach of the Year. Uh, or I mean, golly, I mean, those guys have some killers right now. Um, and then I think was Mike Brown was the Coach of the Year. Is that correct? I can't remember. I believe so. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Andre's just been there forever. You know, you look at his record. Yeah. He loses Ty Tiavasa, loses to Shamil, loses to Augusto Sakai. Uh, But they're all decisions. He doesn't get finished, really. And they're all against tough guys. You know, and he's in them like the the whole fight. And then you got Rothwell, you know, I I thought he would have won his comeback fight. Uh, but no, he didn't, you know, and that was against, uh, Blagoy Ivanov and that was a, that was a tough, tough fight too. But, you know, before that he loses the junior and then he has, you know, obviously he was suspended forever, you know, in between that, uh, man, what are you thinking? Well, I should point out, this is a rematch. They fought in Affliction 1, if you remember, in 2008. That's like oh one of those gosh. fights I completely forgot about, and Arlovsky knocked out Rothwell in the first round. Uh, Rothwell's solid. He's great. I, I think he's going to get the win here. Um, to me, you know, he lost to Blagoja Ivana, but, I mean, who hasn't lost to that guy? I mean, he's he, uh, he, he's, he himself is coming off a big win at, at the UFC 238 card. Arlovsky just, I don't know what it is. He just hasn't had, the, you know, what, whatever. It, he's missing something. I don't know yeah. what it is exactly, but you look at the losing streak. I mean, these are guys he should be a bit more competitive competitive against the tie to a Vasa fight was a fight. I thought he should have won Shamil as well. Same thing. That's a fight. He should have won Augusto Sakai. That's a fight. He should have won. So he's just been really underwhelming. And I think as underwhelming as Rothwell was in that fight with the Blagoja Ivanov, I think he's got a little bit more left in the tank. I'm going to go Rothwell here. Um, I, I'm a bit worried that this could be a bad fight. I, I hope it isn't. I hope we see a finish, but looking at these last two guys, as far as the last time either of them finished a fight, it's been a while. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that this will be like, you know, one of those, like, you know, Bigfoot Silva Mark Hunt fights if it does go the distance, but, um, I have a feeling this might not be very good. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Rothwell. I think he gets the decision. I mean, you know, Arzlowski, like I said, been around forever. Uh, he's had more, he's had losing streaks before, you know, and he just says is if at first you don't succeed, shave your back and try again. And, uh, you know, he's been known, he's been known to come back, but then you got Rothwell too. Now he can get hands on him. He could do that 
I, I call it the inverted moob choke, you know, with the man boob thing where he gets your neck in there and whatnot, <laughs> and, and he could submit him, but what, you know, let's say he puts hands on him, you know, Arzlowski can get you in that clinch. So this this is tough for me. I, I'm going to go against you here. I I, th- I think Arlovski's going to eke it out. I, I I think it's time, and uh, you know because I think he's going to be real good if, if Ben's going to try to close that distance. You know because he's not he's not going to go out. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll go out fighting. So I'm I'm going to go for the upset here. And it, I like it. I don't even know if it is an upset. You know we'll see. But uh, well, I, th- I think I think the odds have here. I'll, I got yeah. the odds up here. Okay. Uh, Rothwell is a slight favorite at minus one eighty five. Okay. Orlovsky's plus one sixty. So if you want to get Orlovsky at plus money, that's actually probably some good value because this isn't. I don't think it's a clear cut win for either guy. So I think you know, in, in case and it's heavyweight. So yeah. I think in any case, you can always take the underdog and hope for the best. Uh, this was a fight you picked earlier today that I was trying not to listen, but I couldn't help but listen. But Alexander Hernandez versus uh, Francisco Trinaldo. Um, Hernandez. I also had picked to beat Cerrone, you know, Cerrone loses the fights. I pick him to win and he wins the fights. I pick him to lose every time. Um, but you know, before that he was on a tear, he beat the Canadian gangster, best nickname probably in all of sports beats, Benil <laughs> Dariush, uh, Derek Atkins, you know, it gets a little, the strength of schedule obviously gets up there. I think he was just totally surprised at Cerrone and people forget how big he is. At 155 pounds, I mean, he looked really big against I Quinta as well, you know. And uh, but you know, Trinaldo's last win over Evan Dunham, you know, obviously, I think he's retired now. He lost against yeah. James Vick, you know, won against Jim Miller, loses Kevin Lee, you know, a lot of the guys do that. But he's got a notable wins here over Paul Felder, Yancey Medeiros, you know, Ross Pearson's no joke. So this is a little tough for me to pick, and uh, you know, I know who you picked earlier, but what are you thinking? You sticking to it? Yeah, I'm sticking to. I look. I, I can't flip flop. Who, who would I be if I'm going to flip flop on picks? I, I like Me. Hernandez, but again, it's not like a. It's not a slam dunk. I, I do think though. You know, I noticed that. Um, like I mentioned this this morning. Like he's not doing any interviews. I do. I did see he was on Ariel's show, but he's doing very limited media. So I think. I think he's really honing in on this fight. It's a big opportunity for him. He's a Texas guy. Yeah. This is in his backyard, and you know, fight, fighting in San Antonio. So um, I, I really think he's going to rise to the occasion. And I think you're fighting a guy who's 40. Like at some point, Trinaldo's got to hit that wall and not not be very good. He, he's still very dangerous, but. I mean, Dunham's retired, got the win over Miller, has a win over Paul Felder. Now, that was a doctor's stoppage, but yeah. uh, he's, he's got some good wins. But I don't know. I, I just see Hernandez being a little bit too quick for him. But, uh, you know, again, uh, Trinaldo, he he surprises. I mean, there's fights that you don't think he's going to win, and he does. So, um, you know, I, again, I think this might be one of those situations where the underdog has the value, but uh, I'm going to pick Hernandez. I th- He should win this fight. And if he doesn't, man, that's a, a big setback for him because uh, that debut against Dariush, that, yeah. that was huge for him. It was one of those, like, weird things where – he fought this ranked opponent and he gets a quick win and it's like, it's a huge win, but he's new in the UFC. Like, where do you place him in the division? Right. So that's why he got the Cerrone fight. I think a couple of fights after, but uh, yeah, Hernandez is the pressure's on him in this fight for sure. Well, I didn't know who he was until that Darius fight. And I'm like, there's no way this guy's going to win. And boom. And he doesn't look very big either, honestly, for the weight class. Um, and then, you know, the Canadian gangster Cerrone. And he even said after the, um, open mercy air fight, he wasn't impressed with his own in- performance. He thought he should have done better. Um, I think the guy's obviously pretty hard on himself. And here's a tidbit, in case you didn't know. He dabbles in real estate. He does? No, I knew that. Yep. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. It all ties back to real estate, kids. Um, exactly. I, I think I like Trinaldo in this fight, and it wouldn't surprise me either way. This is, this is a coin flip for me, man. But uh, either way, I, I, I think I like Trinaldo. I'm not just trying to intentionally disagree with you because I've been thinking about this one all morning. This is a tough one to pick. 
You know, oh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And where does Trinaldo go if he loses this? And, and, and where does Hernandez go if he loses this? So it's interesting here. But yeah, yeah, I think you're, you're right. I mean, a lot's on the line for both of these guys. If Trinaldo loses, I mean, he'll probably get another fight because he's coming off a win. If Hernandez loses, ooh, I mean, in, at lightweight too, which is such a stacked division, I yeah. think they see something in Hernandez in the sense that he's he's a good interview. You know, he's, he's, he's exciting to, to watch fight. Um, you know, I, I think they'd give him a little bit more of a leash, but yeah. you, lose, you lose two in a row. I mean, that, that's never good on anyone. So, All right. Uh, this one's going to be exciting here. James Vick, Dan Hooker. You know, if it was anyone else besides Paul Felder, he fought that last time, he would have been put away or he would have stopped fighting. He punctured his lung for crying out loud. Uh, he did lose by unanimous decision. He got, you know, lightning struck with Justin Gaethje. Uh, but I mean, he's got some wins, man. You know, Trinaldo is one of them. Joseph Duffy, Polo Reyes, Marco Polo, uh, and Abel Trujillo. Uh, Tru- I can't say it. Good guy. Trujillo. Okay. Yeah, I always Thank screwed you. up too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but... Uh, you look at Hooker. I mean, I love that that last fight with uh, Edson Barbosa, but then he's got wins over Gilbert Burns, Jim Miller. Ah, oh, man, don't don't make me go against you here. But what what are you thinking? I'm going Hooker here. You know, I picked Vic in his, his last couple of fights. I yeah. actually picked him against Felder, um, and he's 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 a pretty big guy for the division. But I just think when you have a guy who's cutting a lot of weight, and I know you know, if you watch my interview with Vic right. on, on the Score YouTube channel, I mean, he hates talking about the weight cut, but it's right. true. He's a big guy. He cuts a lot of weight. Like that has to make you susceptible to a guy in Dan Hooker who's got knockout power. That's what happened to Gilbert Burns. Mm-hmm. Gilbert Burns, extremely talented at 55, had a terrible weight cut in that fight because I was I was at that fight, and Hooker knocks him out in the first round, and it's because of the fact that you know I think the weight cut played an impact. So Hooker's one of those guys. If I'm Dan Hooker, I'm coming out guns a-blazing and going for a quick knockout like Gaethje did. Mm-hmm. I think Hooker will do it. I think he's going to get the win here. And I think this might be the end of James Vick at 155. We'll see. But, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. You know, and it's, he gets so defensive that weight cut, too. I, I, I've seen you interview him. I've seen others interview him. He's like, well, I've, I've never missed weight, you know. And, and, and he, I don't know. Maybe there is nothing to it. I'm not James Vick. I don't know. But you're right. He's huge. So, I, and you know, maybe it's like a Max Holloway deal where he just does it right and – and, you know, shows up and looks like he's dying on the scale and then he's okay. But, man, I, I – golly, this is, you know, so hard for me not to pick with emotion here because you root for a guy like James Vick. He's a good old boy, you know. But Hooker's just violent lately, you know. And I, I think he's going to be looking to prove something. So I, I hope if Vick loses, it's not another knockout. And, and I hope he moves up to 170 pounds. But – you know, like I said, these are really some close fights, man. And it's, it's, I wouldn't be surprised either way. But, uh, well, one thing I'll quickly mention before moving on to the next fight, and we should point it out. I mean, that fight against Barbosa, he took way more damage than he needed to. Yeah. There's certain fighters when they lose certain fights a certain way are never the same again. I don't think that's the case with Dan Hooker, but that is one thing to consider going into this fight. He got his ass beat in the last fight, and yeah. I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. Like he was too tough for his own good. Barbosa was just teeing off on him. It was a it was a standout performance for Barbosa. So keep that in mind because Hooker may not be the same guy that you know we saw against Gilbert Burns. He might be the guy that you know is is, is lost a step because of that loss to Barbosa. Barbosa, so something to keep in mind for this fight. Okay, yeah, yeah, man. You know, it's just gonna be a good one. I- I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. This is a great card. Yeah. I mean, you know, oh, it really huge. is. Yeah, it really is. And you know, I I, I kind of ragged on the last card with you. I'm like, it's not really that enticing for me. But what a surprise that card that turned out to be too. So, you know, you just never know. And uh, God, God bless uh, the UFC. You know, for putting these on all the time. People say there's too many events, but I love it, man. Yeah. 
No, I'm with you. I'm with you. We're all. We're, we. I mean, I have to watch every weekend, and, and if I'm not, God bless PVRs, because man, if I had to tape everything or either, I, I could, I, I could only watch it live. I'd be in trouble because I do have. You know, I'm a dad like yourself. Like I got stuff going on on the yeah. weekends, like this Sacramento card, for example. I, I, I watched most of it up until I think the last three fights. I, I was, I PVR'd it. And then I had had to have dinner because I'm on the West Coast here. Right. And then uh, and then I watched it after, and I was all caught up. But I mean, I can imagine for some people, it's it's tough to watch every weekend. Yeah, my my family's out of town. I had like there was a big golf tournament in town. I had about 20 guys over, and like we're gonna watch the fights tonight, and they were over already. You know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, sorry guys. You know, <laughs> which is cool. I, I like the, I like yeah. some of the earlier card stuff. But all right, this one's a little controversial, you know, because it, anything with Greg Hardy involved is uh, controversial, I guess these days against. Uh, Juan Adams. Now, yeah. the last guy, I guess, that he fought, uh, Dmitry Smolyakov, I guess. It looks like mm-hmm. Dana may have found him in an Arby's parking lot. I'm not sure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a total, total mismatch. But, you know, my thing is that, you know, that loss with Alan Crowder, you know, I know it was an illegal knee or whatnot, but he looks like he was starting to tire. So, you know, it, I know he's a heck of an athlete, but you go in those deep waters in the UFC for the first time, it's probably different for these guys. Well, I don't, I don't know. What are you thinking? So one of the things is that Juan Adams usually has to an advantage in his fights is that he's the bigger guy. He's a huge heavyweight. He's six, five. He's got a, I think an 80 something inch reach, like, which is just unheard of. Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, but, um, he's got an 81 inch reach. He's six, five. Greg Hardy's the same size as him. People forget how big Greg Hardy yeah, is. So we can throw that out the window. Um, I think, I, I mean, if, if I have to pick this fight, I'm going to go Juan Adams. I think he's got a little bit more in terms of the skill set because Hardy really, you know what he's going to do. He's going to come out and try and knock you out immediately, like 90% of the heavyweights. Yeah. But, you know, what's what's the rest of his game like? We don't really know. Adams got uh, basically out grappled in his last fight against Arjun Buller. That was a fight that he was expected to win. He didn't. Um, so we'll see. Um, we haven't really seen Adams chin tested. So we're going to find that out if Greg Hardy can go out there and knock him out. And the other thing is like Juan's wanted this fight, like since he fought in LFA, like we're talking years ago. So he's been talking a lot and, and I don't blame him. I mean, I, I get people not liking Hardy and you know, I've said this many times when you look at this fight, you got to take Greg Hardy, the person out of this and look at Greg Hardy, the fighter. Right. Um, there's a lot of pressure on Juan because he talked a lot and he says he's going to knock him out and he couldn't wait to get this and he was surprised to get the opportunity. So now you got to show it. So that's a lot of pressure with Hardy. You know, people thought he fought a can. I think he doesn't care. I think he's just, you know, whatever. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I think the Crowder fight, I think people, uh, you know, I, I thought he looked a little bit better than people are giving him credit for. But saying that, I think Adams is going to win here. I just think overall his game is better. But man, if Hardy tags him, it, it could be, it could get very interesting. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it's one of those deals. If he catches him, he's going to catch him early. And, you know, I'd like to see what happens when he goes into deep waters, you know. Uh, can he pace himself? Is he just going to keep going the whole time? But, you know... I, I don't know. I think this is this is a, a a much tougher fight for Greg Hardy than than any fight he's had so far. But I, I tend to lead with you know lean on experience here. I I, I like Juan as well. So Juan's gonna want it. You know, ah, <laughs> that's awful. Uh, no, I, I dude, I, I'm all about those jokes. That's or you're speaking my language. Here. Thank you, thank you. Uh, this one's a weird one too. And I, you know, again, I, I heard you talking about it, but uh, golly, come on, pull up here. Uh, um. Alexi here. Uh, where's it at? Oh, I got the wrong. Sorry. No worries. Uh, Alexi Alenik against Walt Harris. This one is so strange to me, like how they're picking it. I think we're forgetting what happened with Walt Harris here because when he went up against anyone with a little bit of grappling skill, I mean, remember where doom just absolutely just walked him dry. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't, it didn't even 
look close. And uh, gosh, dang it. I know it was a long time ago, but gosh, how long ago was that? It was a couple of years ago because yeah, that, and you have to remember that fight against Verdum. Not, but I like I am agreeing with you that he's, yeah. he clearly has a weakness in his ground game. But if I'm not mistaken, that was a last minute fight because Verdum was supposed to fight someone else. Yeah. on that, I want to say it was Struve or someone had like an issue. I'm gonna I'm gonna check right here. So I thought it might have been Kate Velasquez. It was um, no, because it was it was like literally like a last minute fight. It was um, no, that was um, it was uh, hold on, hold on, what was it here? It was. Oh no! Oh no! You know what I'm thinking of a different fight, but I feel like Harris for some reason it was a short notice. Well, I don't was, know. I can't. I, 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 I can't figure it out. But it, it was some car. sort of fight where Doom was supposed to have, and yeah. then Harris got it like like at the last minute. It's not showing up here. I don't know why, that's, but that's uh, but right. I know for a fact that he. Well, oh no! It was Derek Lewis. That's okay. who it was. You remember Derek Lewis got injured fight night. Okay. 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 That's right. Dang it! I don't know why I was thinking that was the Kane Velasquez pulling out when he said he had a bad back and all that, but I guess not. No, that I think uh, he fought. Um, I think he fought. Uh, yeah, no, I, that fight just got scrapped altogether. He didn't fight anyone. Okay. So. Okay. All right. Well, uh, look, look, listen here. Uh, Alexi just lost to Oliver or Alistair Overeem. I thought he was going to win that fight. I don't know why. And uh, <laughs> Overeem showed us why he was Overeem and got him got him out in round one. But man, he slugged out with Mark Hunt. This guy, by the way, he fought all the way down at middleweight, right? Like, yeah. he even fought Chael Sonnen like at one hundred eighty five pounds. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy how much weight some of these guys cut, I guess, you know? Uh, and then Walt Harris just had a win. He, the no contest against Orlowski. Why was that? Oh, we tested I'm trying to remember. I think there was a USADA thing, I think. Yep. I could be wrong. LGD, um, whatever that is. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to remember what the, what the deal was with that. Actually, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look that up quickly. But um, yeah, to, to kind of, because I, I know you're going to ask me for my pick, obviously, yeah. that's why I'm here. Um, you know, I, I don't understand why Walt Harris is, I don't know, did the entire state of Alabama bet on this fight? Because over uh, Olenek <laughs> opened up as the favorite. Yeah. And, uh, and, and for some reason, the lines flipped. And I don't get it. I mean, to me, it, uh, oh yeah, here we go. So the Arlovsky win got overturned. Due to a positive test for uh, LGT, LGD four zero three three. I'm not Doogie Hauser, so I don't, I don't know what know the terminology is, is but uh, you know, it's uh, yeah. So some, something happened there. That's why it's no contest. But yeah, nonetheless, I've just not been that impressed with Walt Harris. Good win in his last fight. Great, great, and all that. And I know Linux forty two. He's another ATT guy, so he's training with really good high level heavyweights. We know what he can do. If he gets you to the ground, I'll submit you. Just ask Mark Hunt. Just ask so many other fighters that have been submitted by him. Olenek's going to win by submission. I don't know why he's plus money. Um, yeah, give me Olenek. And he's got way more experience. 57. Olenek has 57 wins. Walt Harris has a total of 19 fights. Wow. Uh, okay, hang on. Charlie H. is trying awfully hard to tell us what it is. Uh, LGD is S-A-R-M. I don't know what that is either. Then he said Legandrol. I don't know what that is either. But I appreciate you trying to help, buddy. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. It, this is a good bet. Like, if I were to bet money, you know, because... He's an underdog, and I think he's going to win. So, yeah, I, I think I think Olenek as well. Um, yeah. All right. Maybe we'll go. disagree on this one. I doubt it, though. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos versus Leon Edwards. I actually did not hear you guys pick on this one. I uh, I, I was actually had to work, so you know I had to leave my leave my YouTube station for a moment. I hear there. you, but I did get back in time to hear Dave McGrath call me ugly. So I don't know what that's about. <laughs> uh, the, I was like, guy's problem with me. I, I try to be a good friend, but uh, man, let's look at Leon. Man, I, I didn't think he'd beat Gunnar Nelson. I didn't think he had a chance. I didn't think he'd beat Donald Cerrone. You know, uh, 
you know, he, you look at his strength of schedule and some of the guys he's fought, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been too surprised if they put him up against Masvidal uh, after that little backstage three-piece in a soda altercation. But RDA, you know, I think he might be one of those guys that's going to be perpetually number three in the division no matter what. Uh, just beat Kevin Lee, but he loses to the, to the top grapplers, you know, Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington. I'd like to see what would happen. What? Why not him and uh, Tyrone Woodley go at it at some point, you know? And, and then at that point... Well, you know, you might have to say, I can't beat these grapplers at 170 pounds. I don't know. Um, What are you thinking? I think Edwards takes this one. I've just been really impressed with his winning streak. Uh, You know, he's, he's, you know, he has wins like over, for example, like Vicente Luque. He's coming off that win over Gunnar Nelson. Like, Dos Anjos looked great in his last fight against Kevin Lee. I'm not taking anything away from that win. I think Kevin Lee hurt himself a lot in that fight in terms of his cardio. He tired in that fight and Dos Anjos took advantage. Um, But, uh, you know, I just, overall, Edwards has been more of a seasoned guy in that division. He's got some quality wins. He's good everywhere. I mean, he, I know Cerrone was injured in that fight, but he still looked great against Alan Cerrone as well. I, I just think he's the more complete fighter, and and to me he's he's got he's got the more upside here. I think Leon Edwards either potentially wins a decision or maybe gets a late finish. Probably gets a decision though. That that's sort of his uh, his thing. And and he's younger. He's twenty seven. Dos Anjos thirty four. Like you know, Dos Anjos has taken some damage. Uh, Edwards not so much. I mean you know he's lost. I think only decisions other than the one loss he had in two thousand twelve was a, a he, that was an illegal knee. But uh, this guy looks unbeatable. I, th- I think he gets it done here. I think uh, Edwards wins a decision. Uh, Charlie has pointed out to me that Leon is on a seven fight win streak. That is true, but uh, you know I'm going to flip it on you here because I'm going to go strength the schedule. The only guys he lost to uh, Rafael Dos Anjos that is is one and two in the division. I mean, I didn't give him a chance against Robbie Lawler, and look what happened. You know, Robbie just broke himself against him, you know. Um, you know, the Kevin Lee thing, he, I think he showed he, he improved his grappling, you know, and, and wrestling defense and whatnot. But, you know, Kevin's not the biggest 175-pounder. He was moving up, and he was just blitzing him, blitzing him, blitzing him. And RDA looked good. I, I think I'm going to go strength the schedule here, you know, and I— I think Leon's very good and, and probably will fight for a title someday, but I think that RDA is going to halt those plans for now. Okay, I like it. Well, you should get him now because he's plus money right now. He's plus 100, I'm so to, you want to, to. Uh, put a little sprinkle on that if you think he gets it done. I mean, this to be honest, this fight and the and what was the other one? The, the Caceres-Peterson yeah. fight, I think, are the two closest on this card. Uh, actually, even even to a certain extent, Vic and Hooker, I think, is pretty close. But, um, yeah, I, I think this is one of the toughest fights on the card to pick just because they're both so good. And like like you know, like know, RDA showed in his last fight, like he yeah. can get it done, Like even against a guy like Kevin Lee, who I still think is very good. So, um, yeah, but I'll, I'll go Edwards on this one. So we, right. we, we disagree in the end. I mean, that's, I, that's good. That's good, right? You know, no? it's, it's, it's not a hard disagree. Uh, yeah. it, 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 you know, Charlie, Charlie's our biggest fan today. Congratulations, Charlie. He pointed out that, uh, he went to a decision with Camaro back in 2015, but you know, Camaro is not a finisher. You know, he's, he's a grinder. So but that's a good point. I mean, I, I think Leon is underrated. I will admit that, but I think RDA has got his number, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think we did it, man. We did. We did. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, but please, where can everyone find you? Easiest way is Twitter, uh, at Lynch on Sports. That's L-Y-N-C-H. Uh, subscribe to the Scores YouTube channel. We're pushing original content, guys. Look, I'm not going to be bigger than MMA Fighter or MMA Junkie or any of these other sites, but I will give you something a little bit different when you come to the Score. Uh, if you just go to thescore.com slash MMA, all of our stuff's on there, articles, the big news, and a lot of original content. That's that's how we're going to – that's where we're going to – we're going to give you something a little bit different when you come over to the Score. So uh, not just UFC fighters, Bellator, Prospects. 
PFL, you name it. We cover everything. So uh, thanks so much for having me on, Aaron. No. Love to come on again. This is a lot of please, fun. And uh, keep, keep up the great work, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, listen, man, I'll, pl- I'll plug you as well. You know, you get on these uh, live YouTube streams and you complain because nobody answers your questions. Get on there early. Mr. Lynch will answer your questions. It's a blast. And uh, thank you come on. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Anytime, man. I appreciate it. All right. Me too, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Cheers, All buddy. Right. Take it easy. Bye. All right. I got to. Boom. There it is. All right. James Lynch. What a blast. What a good guy. Uh, you know, and I hope we have him on again soon, like he said. And until next time, shalom. Please remember to support the podcast by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com. Are you?